All right, so as you uh, try to figure out which of these Democrats you like the best, and I mean, how do you choose from this field? There's so many good options. So many. I mean, do you want Steve Bullock? I don't know. You're probably almost on that bandwagon. What about John Delaney? Oh, yeah. If you saw him working out this weekend, the guy can do box jumps, apparently, like nobody else. Yeah. Uh, So maybe... Maybe you want him. Maybe you're all Maybe. about Marianne Williamson. Maybe you got the crystals and the essential oils going. She can yodel. We know that much. Hey, she, she can she, yodel. She can yodel? Yeah, she'd be the first yodeling president, I think. Is ever. that true? It is true, hmm. yeah. I didn't know that. Have you not heard her yodeling? I mean, I don't I don't remember hearing her yodel, but uh-huh. perhaps I, I don't know. Per, I, perhaps I that's true. <laughs> wondering if I I do have Yes, okay. Well, here's a <laughs> Here's a little taste. Normally, way over there with Bernie and Elizabeth on tell this. Me, tell week. me that's not yodeling. Normally, way over there with oh Bernie gosh, and Elizabeth. Oh my gosh, it is. I mean, that's just her speaking, but it, yes. it's pretty much her yodeling. How different is it from this? It's just, it's about the same thing, right? Oh, it's identical. It's, it's identical. Now, which one is that? Is that Marianne Williamson or the yodeling? Because <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, nobody knows. I can't tell. I don't know. You can't tell. Now, at least you can tell that about. Marion Williamson, you can't tell that about Joe Sestak, who's also in this race, and no one knows that he I is. I cannot believe Joe Sestak is still in this race. Nobody's mentioned him in, I don't know, six months, eight months? I mean, did anyone even year? notice he started running? Maybe not. No, maybe not. It was one of those things. He came in kind of late in the campaign, and people yeah. were like, yeah, we, we don't want you here. <laughs> that was kind of the reaction. <laughs> you know, it's already kind of a crowded room yeah. right now. I was like, like, Bloomberg, he's coming in here with $50 billion. And like, while the Democrats might not want him, uh, local media sources that sell political ads do. Oh, yeah. uh, at least there's some. I mean, because I don't know how you're going to get an ad placed. Bloomberg could always pay a higher rate. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know how that works exactly. I know there's rules all around that. Um, but I don't think Joe Sestak's going anywhere. No, he's I don't not. think it's going to happen. He's not. Michael Bennett, you think it's going to happen for Michael Bennett? I'm not sure, but I'm guessing no. Julian Castro, that thing didn't happen, huh? No, that one thank I'm goodness. particularly satisfied about. Yeah. I'm glad that uh, thing. Yeah, that was a disaster. And he was one of those people who was talked about as a potential top tier candidate. Yeah, and he jumped in, and really from moment one has been a giant zilch. So was Beto, you know, who's now well. Beto gone. did have at least a moment. When he, he had launched, a moment he was at when like he was running for Senate, but he didn't really have much of a moment, did he? Well, when it, he launched, maybe at the very beginning, he had the biggest fundraising day. Beat Bernie right, first day right. fundraising. He went up to yeah. you know low double digits in polling in a few polls, and then just every day another tenth ticked you know away. Why? Because he began talking, yeah, and that was <laughs> that was that was all we needed. There was okay, a little no Beto mythology out there mm-hmm. around the nation, and it didn't affect us here in Texas because we saw this race between him and Cruz, and you you yeah. saw that he really wasn't that good. He really wasn't an effective speaker. He really isn't smart. He really mm-hmm. isn't a Kennedy in the making. Mm-hmm. We saw that here in Texas, but I mean, as as a country, what people saw was here's a guy who's raising a, a ton of money. And is coming pretty darn close to beating Ted Cruz in Texas. He must be amazing. Right. And it was helped by um, news, quote unquote, news, viral news organizations like that. Now this, who would take his speeches and package them with music behind them and all of that crap. So it would be one of those things where people had this great impression of all of his best moments that went viral. He got all this money. He must be great. Mm-hmm. But in reality, the truth is... Uh, he was not great. The, the amount of money he received in Texas was it allowed him to be relatively competitive. Uh, and, you know, look, Ted Cruz, for all the things I like about Ted, 
you know, he's not a particularly uh, endearing figure when it comes to an emotional connection, right? Like people don't feel that way about Ted. They just think he's, yeah, he, you know, he passes, he, he votes the right way on most stuff and uh, he knows the constitution and there's a lot to like, mm-hmm. but he doesn't drive passion. And the, what drove passion in that election was, could we actually win Texas as a Democrats? Like that would be incredible. We got to donate mm-hmm. money to this guy. I don't care who he is. And then he got in the race and people was like, oh, that's the guy? Oh, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to set the constitution yeah. on fire, well, which yes. is always a super big plus for many. I mean, even Democrats don't necessarily want you to set fire to the constitution. I mean, the Democrats who actually are m- mainstream Americans, not the not the leadership Democrats, right. not the elected Democrats. I think most Democrats pretty much believe in the Second Amendment. And I and I I think they believe in due process. I mean, average voters, you mean. average voters, mm-hmm. yeah. And so when they found out that that Beto didn't believe those things, I think it was pretty much over. That was him. over. Yeah. Deval Patrick, you think he's going to mm-hmm. make a run here? No. no. I mean, he has no chance, right? No. Um, Bloomberg, we talked about. Steyer, we no talked chance. about a little bit. No, no chance. No chance really for either of those. Although mm-hmm. it's an interesting, it'll be an interesting experiment to watch at least. Andrew Yang. I mean, Yang has mm-hmm. actually run a freaking good campaign. He, he has. Uh, you got to give him credit. And I mean, that's what's gotten him to what? 4%? 4 or 5%. Yeah, which, 4%. It's probably where he'll wind. I think he'll tap out about that. About yeah, yeah. 4 or 5%. Did you see he's boycotting MSNBC? Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't give him like any time to speak. They never do. I mean, look, the he had guy. six minutes. Yeah, the guy has has an audience. Yeah. He, he has. Uh, he's built from nothing. Yep. A campaign that is outdoing people like Cory Booker and A.B. Klobuchar and Kamala Harris. Which at is this pretty point. impressive. Pretty impressive. And yet he gets no love. Because I guess, you know, I, I, I don't know if they just see him. He's not extreme enough, He's I not, think, yeah, for them. That must be it. Tulsi Gabbard kind of falls into the same yeah. sort of slot where she... I like Tulsi. I wouldn't vote for Tulsi, no. but I like her. Yeah, I kind of like her too. She, but uh, and, I, and the same with Yang. I would not, you know, if yeah. I had to vote for anyone, if you had to vote for anyone in the field, if you had to gun, gun to, to the head... head there's a gun to your head. If you do not cast a vote, you will be shot mm-hmm. <laughs> in front of your family who will remember it forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> now, you might still take the bullet, but let's just say, say you might not. Say I have, you, to, I have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. Pick one candidate in this field that you'd actually cast your vote for. Yeah. I think for me, it probably would be Andrew Yang. Now, that's a lot, yeah. largely. Uh, be- He's a businessman, successful. Yep. Uh, he is, while uh, I think, again, wrong on 95% of issues, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I would vote for any of these people, but if I had to, gun to my head, probably it's Yang. Um, even like the, some of the stuff mm-hmm. that he's talked about that is crazy liberal that I don't like. For example, everyone knows Mincom, Mincom Universal Basic Income. He at least knows the arguments mm-hmm. and knows the opposition arguments and took time, I think, to, like, for example, I've heard him talk in depth about like Milton Friedman and the way he's talked about uh, universal basic income. And one of the things that people throw out, and I think one of the reasons why he has no chance of winning and gets six minutes from uh, MSNBC in debates is yes, he has a universal basic income plan, which I think is absolutely the wrong thing for the government to be doing. On the other side of that, it also means getting rid of almost all the programs that we complain about. Talking about like you know uh, you know Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and all the I don't know if Medicare is not involved in that but like all these other big welfare programs food stamp programs all these programs that are oppositional to conservative values in many ways would be eliminated if you pass this now I don't think that it would be more efficient clearly mm-hmm. I don't think the left would ever let it happen 
Um, and that's one of the reasons why there's no chance of him winning this primary, right? Yeah. Because that, that is not yeah. a view that it even comes close to aligning to the Democratic Party right now. It's only give free stuff, give, 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 give. Taking away programs for something, that does not compute. That's why if he was elected and if he got the men come through, I don't think he'd be able to eliminate the other programs. And you'd have both. And then you'd have both. Yeah. That's, that's the way that usually works. That's what happens. Yeah. 888-727-BECK. More in a minute. So all of that leads us to one of the one of the uh, top candidates in this race, Elizabeth Warren, uh, and just how expensive. We talked a little bit about her tax situation last hour, but uh, there's a pretty good breakdown about how much all of this would cost. And I think the total bill is fifty-two trillion. Is it? Uh, it's almost all the money in the world. Well, yeah. Because all the money in the world is $60 trillion. This would be a little bit less than that. So what you're saying is she's got plenty of breathing room there? Yeah. Okay. yeah she's got about $8 trillion in breathing room. Well, it's actually, we're spending already over the next 10 years about $52 trillion, um, which is a hmm. lot of money. Hmm. Um, now, she now wants is that to- the federal budget, $5.2 trillion a year? Essentially, is that what you're saying? So it is uh, the $52 trillion of national health expenditures currently projected for the next decade. Now, remember, just in health, you have to remember growth, inflation wow. and other things changing. For example, more people being in the country, mm-hmm. uh, getting more benefits, more people who are living to older ages who are taking more benefits. These things. Mm-hmm. This is why you don't launch giant programs like this, because they're completely out of control. The, the, the opposite of of a. You know, we go, conservatives will talk a lot about welfare programs, and there's huge problems in welfare programs. But the much bigger offender to me is a universal program where everyone gets it, whether they are poor or needy or not. And that's the stuff like, for example, Medicare, as you get it at a certain age, or Social Security, you just get it mm-hmm. at a certain age. I mean, you know, things like that should not be programs that Bill Gates can qualify for. Right. right? Like, they don't means test a lot of this stuff. So... Uh, it grows fast. Fifty-two trillion dollars over the next decade. She's going to add a seven trillion dollar uh, uh, additional cost there. So we're looking at fifty-nine trillion. So how does she pay for the fifty-nine trillion? Because it's only fifty-nine trillion dollars. I mean, if you can't figure out a way <laughs> to spend, to just pay for fifty, what is that? Trillion. That's a little bit less than six trillion a year. Yeah, it's not bad. Just, just not bad. Just, just. I mean, you could print it's it. It's more than all the federal budget we have right now. Right. But so what? So she taps sixteen trillion dollars in current federal health spending from programs like Medicare and Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, a lot of that spending has no actual funding behind it. So this is one of the tricks that Elizabeth Warren plays. She says, "Well, mm-hmm. we'll just take the money that's paying for X program, and we'll move it over to my new program." Why? That would make sense. Except there's no actual payment going to X program in the first place. It's just on paper. It's just going into debt. Mm-hmm. So she's like, we're quote unquote paying for these programs. Well, you're not paying for them. Those are already putting us in debt. And then you're mm-hmm. adding on to it. We have the programs, but they're not funded. Right. That's the unfunded liability we're talking about all the time. That adds up to over $100 trillion. $100 trillion. <laughs> and we a lot more <laughs> under this plan. Um, she's going to um, also expand uh, Medicare which is already over going to be projected to over a trillion dollars in annual deficit. Then she's going to force state and local governments to provide Washington with six trillion dollars. Now, how is that going to happen? You might say. It was like, wait, why would they do this? 
well, she's going to take Medicaid and get rid of Medicaid because everyone's going to get their health care for free, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So she's going to say, well, if you guys in the States are already paying this money for Medicaid, just send it to us. Now, there's a little thing, um, and you may have heard of this, called the Constitution. Yeah, I've uh, heard of that. A little problem with this. Um, usually states don't have to do things like that. Like mm-hmm. uh, for, You can't force states to pay for your federal programs like that. That's not the way that works. You can pay, put taxes on individuals. You can do Jeez. lots of different things, but you can't just say, like, yeah, yeah, you guys pay us. That's not the way that works. Um, major problem there. Then she's going to implement uh, a $19.7 trillion new tax uh, agenda plus $800 billion in defense cuts. $800 billion Yes. In defense cuts. And she said, quote, hmm. it doesn't raise taxes on anybody but billionaires. <laughs> now, I think okay. there's 607 billionaires in this country. So she's going to put this $60 trillion plus program and all the spending I'm talking about on the backs, on the backs of, of 607 people. Uh, <laughs> now, it, Does that to, seem to problematic say that's ridiculous is such an understatement. Oof. But it is Elizabeth wow. Warren, and it, and it should be noted, Elizabeth Warren lies a lot. She yeah. knows these things are fake. She's not an idiot. Like, some people just don't know the, the details, and they just say whatever they want to get elected, because, but they don't know the details of whether these things are going to work. She knows mm-hmm. what she's saying is not true. She knows these things very well. She's just choosing to lie to people because and, she wants their vote. And that's and Bernie an knows too. And that's why Bernie is saying, yeah, with my plan, yeah, everybody gets a tax raise. Yep, even middle class. Even the middle class. Sorry. But you know what's going to be better for you? But and that's at least, at least an argument. Yeah, at least he's honest mm-hmm. about it. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. More coming up in sixty seconds. I don't know if you're aware of this, Stu, but uh, Adam Schiff says his claim, his uh, case against Donald Trump is ironclad. Is it really? Yeah. He should present right. that part of it. Why has he skipped <laughs> I it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Why it's... did he go with all the really shaky evidence first? <laughs> so Weird. amazing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like, wait, what trial are you watching, Adam? Because I'm seeing nothing here. Of course, CNN sees it too. CNN's in love with his evidence, uh, I guess. It was was it uh it was Brian Stelter who was asking Juliet Huddy a question about Juliet Huddy who's formerly on Fox News. Mm-hmm. I think she has a little axe to grind against Fox, but anyway, he's asking her uh a question about hey, you know, it was it was disheartening to see uh that Fox no matter how conclusive the evidence was against Donald Trump spun this to be nothing. And she kind of played along with that. Um, this, so the other side is claiming that that was an ironclad case. That was they presented all the evidence they need to impeach the guy. And you think, well, what? What was? I guess because Sondland said that he thinks or assumes there was quid pro quo. That does it. I mean, they don't have a solid piece of evidence yet that I've seen. Yeah, they don't I, have firsthand testimony from anybody who heard it from the president. Yes, withhold the ev- with withhold the money because I want them to make this announcement. That's true. I mean, there's not there really isn't uh, certainly legalistic uh, evidence on that. I mean, I think you know no one is arguing, for example, though that that Gordon Sondland was a guy who wanted to go to Ukraine and say, <laughs> "Hey, we're, I want to withhold money." 
uh, for the Biden investigations. Like he's obviously on record multiple times on saying the opposite. He didn't didn't want want to. to. He didn't want Mm -hmm. to do it. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do it. But he did do it. So why did he do it? Right. He he must have legitimately believed that was the somebody wanted. Right. Yes. That somebody did want to quit. He admits he didn't hear it from the president. He didn't say it. Yeah. And look, the president's not going to say that. He understands um, that it is a. a questionable thing that could get him in trouble probably right you could even mm-hmm. in the call you could see him kind of hesitating and, and moving around the actual ask there what i keep coming back to however is if he asked so what right i i, like, I, I don't I, <laughs> yes. and i know this is like I, people yeah. get so weird about this and it's like well quid pro quo and this is a i will say a large part of this is the way the republicans and trump himself have handled this and tried to make that the standard yeah, you have they, to hit. they haven't made it about the national interest yeah it, look either it's absolutely fine to withhold uh money or or to a not meeting give a, especially you don't have to give them a penny no ever i mean ever you don't you should withhold those things yeah. if you believe it's in the national interest if he didn't believe it's in the national interest that's another thing but it's a much higher bar to prove and they have not come close to proving it the only thing they have on that is well biden was uh, a guy who was going to run for president and one of the ways they've tried to make that point more clear is to say you know mm-hmm. what he didn't even care about ukraine until biden was running you that's know what? not he, true at all it's not true but he doesn't have to care about ukraine no. He's not the president of Ukraine. No. He's the president of the United States of America. So my thing on that is, so what? Yeah. Even if he said, I don't give a rat's anus about Ukraine, oh well. Right. I, I, you can say that you don't believe him, right? You can yeah. say you don't believe. I don't believe Trump. He actually was going only for his own personal benefit. And that's a fine thing to make, but that's you guessing about his motives. Yes. And admit that it's you guessing about his motives, and then we can have that discussion. I don't know why they won't move off the quid pro quo into, okay, yeah, but uh, it was in our national interest to find out, to root out corruption. If if this was a guy who was, uh, who was making deals with Ukraine and withholding money from them in lieu of them firing a uh, prosecutor then that's a problem and we need to know about it in the united states it, it's in the national interest yeah. i don't know why they won't move to that yeah well and i think part of it is you know look trump's gone his whole life with this sort of philosophy never back down off of something never say that any hotel in america is better than your hotel yeah and never say that your phone call wasn't perfect it was perfect and you know what's interesting mm. about this and it's the only similarity i'm going to be able to find between elizabeth warren and donald trump <laughs> But Warren gets no heat for it, but does the same thing. When every economist comes out and says, you have to raise taxes on the middle class for this, she won't back down. She won't say, well, yes, we're going to have to raise taxes, but it's going to be good for people. She never does. And where they knock Trump for it, they praise Warren for it. And it really is a very similar, similar instinct. Yeah, it is. All right, 888-727-BECK. Pat and Stu for Glenn, the Glenn Beck program. Uh, somebody we haven't heard from much in the last three years, Rick Perry. Uh, and we're only hearing him about him now, I think, because he's on his way out as Secretary of Energy. But um, he's apparently changed his mind ever so slightly from the campaign in 2016. <laughs> I mean, just a little bit. A little nuanced. Yeah. It's tough to tell. I don't know if you can detect it. <laughs> it is. I know. You know, because... 
I believe he referred to Donald Trump as a cancer during the campaign, but now he's the chosen one who is sent by God to lead us. We have the uh, audio God of used uh, imperfect people all through history. King David wasn't perfect. Uh, right. Saul wasn't perfect. Solomon True. wasn't perfect. Uh, and I actually gave the president uh, a little one-pager mm-hmm. on those Old Testament kings mm-hmm. about a month ago. Hmm. And I shared it with him. I said, Mr. President, I know there are people that say, you know, you, you said you were the chosen one. Uh, and and I, I said, you were. I, I said, if, if you're a believing Christian, you understand God's plan uh, for hmm. the people who uh, rule and, 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 and judge over us on, on this planet in our, in our government. So it's nuanced, you know, like you, like you said, Stu. It's, it's tough to find the difference there between campaign 2016 and, and today. <laughs> but look, it's slightly different. Yeah, it's different. I mean, and look, and some of that is... Uh, there's a lot of people who like, like did not like Donald Trump in the campaign and like him yeah, more now. Yeah, I, yeah. I've said a million times he succeeded my expectations. <clears throat> oh yeah, mine too. Um, however, uh, to go for, from from cancer, cancer to, to the chosen, chosen one, one is, of God is significant. It's a significant it, change. It's the way a I would, significant I would put it. change. Um, yeah. You know, I, 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 people are beating him up on this, and it's hard to tell exactly what he's trying to do there. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, like the sort of uh, obvious take is like you know you you want to get Trump on your side, you say really positive things about him. And like, that's, he's just taken that to the 9 millionth uh, degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could also make the argument, look, look, you know, it's God's will. And mm-hmm. Trump is in that position because it's God's will. And that's all he was saying. I don't know. I mean, it is, there is, there is this weird thing. I think particularly with people talking about religion around these issues, it puts them in weird positions. I think a lot, you know, like there is a, there's a, there was a big thing about how character was, ultimately the most important thing when bill clinton was running and yeah. you know, obviously the republicans have sort of long abandoned that and now democrats claim that they care about character which is just laughable yeah. i mean uh, yeah how you even with a straight face say these things but really both sides have sort of switched on that point i mean during the clinton impeachment i mean mm-hmm. yes there was a lot of conversation about uh, about the legal part of this but always bigger than that was the idea that conservatives care about who you are as a man, who you are as a person. Yeah, it matters. Character it matters. matters. We said that a million times, yeah. especially during Clinton. But like you said, it's changed, and there's pretty good indication of that. From um, Eric McTaxis was uh, was interviewing Franklin Graham, uh, kind of about that very thing. Awesome. Well, you have not uh, shrunk from uh, talking politics. And a lot of people have uh, what I consider a profoundly unbiblical notion that uh, if you love Jesus, you're not supposed to talk politics or be political. Uh, I I don't find that only wrong, but tremendously harmful. And so uh, you've been a hero to many because you've been willing to speak uh, about politics. And well, so what do you think of, of what is happening now? I mean, it's a very bizarre uh, situation to be living in a country where some people seem to exist uh, to, to undermine the president of the United States. Um, it, it's, just a, it's just a bizarre time for most Americans. Well, I, I believe it's almost a demonic power. 
that is trying. I, I would disagree. It's not almost demonic. No, it's, I mean you know, you know and I know that at the heart it's a spiritual battle. It, it's a spiritual battle, and if you look at what the president has done, just just for our country, regardless of whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, we have, the unemployment is at the lowest in 70 years. More African Americans are working, more Latinos are working, more Asians are working, more everybody is working. We have a, an economy that is uh, just uh, screaming forward. It's, it's incredible. Can, can you even imagine we're saying this? Because literally three years ago, our economy was dead yep. in the water, dead in the water. We all know it. And three years later, you just said it's screaming forward. That's a fact. It's, I mean, that's not fact. our opinion, right? And, and here, here's what that does for, for, for churches, for Christians. Um, that means more people are working, so there's more people tithing and giving to the churches. Uh, there's more money for missions. There's more uh, money for your building programs. Uh, all of this is because Donald Trump said he was going to turn things around and make America great again. He cut taxes. And that cutting taxes added fuel to this economic engine that we're enjoying right now. He's, he's not a politician. I appreciate that about him. He's a businessman. And that's what we've needed in our government, not politicians. We need businessmen. And he's done that. Well, it's, it's almost comedic because I know you've been vilified by people uh, for standing up for, for Trump. I have to a, to a lesser extent because I've been less vocal, but and I'm not as known as you are. But it's just a fascinating thing because people seem to devolve to a kind of moralistic Phariseeism. And they say, how can you support somebody, blah, blah, blah. And then they go on to cite how he's the least Christian. You know, they go on and on. And I think these people don't, they don't even have a biblical view when it comes to that. You know, that if somebody is, uh, doesn't hold to our theology, that doesn't mean they can't be a great pilot or a great doctor or, or dentist. I mean, it's a bizarre uh, situation that we're in, that, that people seem mm -hmm. only to have these standards for the, for the president somehow. You know, I, I believe that Donald Trump believes. Uh, he believes in God. He believes in Jesus Christ. Uh, his depth, um, he doesn't, uh, you know, he, he, he went to churches here in New York, and yeah. he didn't get a whole lot of teaching. He, he knows there's two, <laughs> there's two testaments, a knock right? There yes. He knows that. Okay, we're going to yeah. Okay. Well, some of that, I, you know, I, I agree with. Mm -hmm. But as you brought up, that's not what we said during Clinton. We said character really matters, right? It's, that's what Christian said, I think, during the Clinton years. And um, so it was it was slightly different then. Yeah. And I think it's changed now. And it, it seems like character doesn't matter now. And I think, I, you know, might... like they do, I think he's done a really good job, way better than I thought he would. Yeah, I think part of it is, I, I don't know if it's just that we've kind of come to the conclusion that everybody pretty much sucks, mm -hmm. you know, and you just don't expect a lot out of people anymore on, on this front. Yeah. And, I'll, you know, to be frank about it, too, probably, I don't, you know, this wasn't necessarily the case uh, with us per, per se and many in the audience, but there was a lot, a lot of that stuff you realize later on is is just a talking point of the moment, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, like... There was a lot of talk about executive orders uh, uh, um, around the Obama time, a lot less during the Bush time from conservatives. The same yeah. thing that happens now. I mean, like, you know, the, we've, you know, there are things to be, there's some stuff that Trump has done that I haven't liked, like the emergency declaration and such that I think would have definitely been opposed during the Obama administration and, and now aren't. Mm -hmm. And like, look, you look at the entire Spending. picture, you still have to, you still have to pick somebody off your list, Right. 
when you're voting for someone, you still have to select one of the candidates that's available. And I think yeah. there's a very, you know, very logical argument that says, look, we've we see what the positives of Trump are and what the negatives are. And we've selected mm-hmm. him because he's better than the other people. And that's a totally rational way of sort of doing a cost benefit analysis on the, on the situation. Yeah, especially um, now. But there is this this temptation with Trump, I think, uh, is different than others for Republicans, at least, because I think Obama had some of this for Democrats. But there's this, this sort of idea that you can't can't just say like, well, I don't like this part. Yeah, you can't. Uh, and it's like you, you can't why? disagree with him on anything. Yeah, because I, I, I don't want to be a cheerleader mm-hmm. for anybody, frankly. I, like, yeah. I, I don't I don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it bothers me to be a cheerleader just to, in principle, just to be I don't like agreeing with people enough. I'm much more comfortable when everybody disagrees with me. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's I don't know why. It's just like it's one of those things where I, that's 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 more comfortable, I mm-hmm. think, for a lot of people, including myself. But to, to be like an, an a 100 percent cheerleader is is, I think, a function um, of how unfair the media is to trump so often and you get defensive because you're just like wait a minute they're they're screwing the you know they're they're attacking him all the time yeah i'm not even gonna bring up the the problem i have with him because you know i that happens all the time i think it does and i think it's it a natural yeah. thing for people we defend him more because the left uh, they're so out of control yeah. with it they hate him so much to such an extent that there's nothing he could do there is absolutely nothing he could do that they would agree with or condone no I mean, to the point of, again, like Donald Trump is has a, a trade policy I don't like. And one of the reasons I don't like it is, is because it's been the Democrats' policy for 40 years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, and the, the, the media loved it. Mm-hmm. They freaking loved that policy until Donald Trump kept saying it. I think it was the, uh, the Babylon... The Babylon Bee had a great argument, uh, article the other day. That's, the, the headline was, uh, in stunning development, Donald Trump comes out in favor of impeachment, forcing Democrats to oppose it. <laughs> and it's like, that's kind of... <laughs> that's where we are. That's where we are as that's a society. Where we are. And Metaxas and and uh, Reverend Graham were, were talking about the the left, I think, when they're, this reaction to him is almost demonic, or in their words, maybe past almost, <laughs> because they're so out of control with their hatred that uh, they just oppose absolutely everything he does. And I think I think that's... It's almost true. If he came out in favor of impeachment, they'd be against it. I keep. Th- I want him to go pro-choice right now. <laughs> I, that's what I want. I want Trump to just come out that full would be out. Interesting. Full out uh, pro-choice. Abo- now I don't want him to name any judges that believe that. Right. So like maybe he's making terrible mistakes with the judges. They all happen to be pro-life. But just as but an just experiment. As I, I- Let's give it a shot. I want him on TV every day saying how we have to. Look, women need to be able to make their choices on this up to nine months. In fact, after the pregnancy is over, I think he should. They should, and then all the Democrats will be like, "This is this man's a horror show. He wants to murder children. This man wants to murder children." That's where they'd be. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. More Glenn Beck with Pat and Stu coming up. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Well, Whitey continues to keep Colin Kaepernick out of the league. <laughs> Despicable. I mean, here's a guy, maybe, what, Hall of Fame caliber quarterback who's still, still out of work after three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he even did a nice workout for him, and, and what do they do? They, they don't call. 
Well, he didn't actually show up to the workout that was scheduled. Well, but he he had a separate workout 51 miles away. Well, he he got all the teams to fly into a city and then did it in a different city. <laughs> it's in, uh, in a high school. It's just an incredible and some of them seven of them I think. I think seven of the scouts still hop, now they heard about this half an hour before it happened. Yeah. They still hop in their cars, drove all the way down to the high school 51 miles about an hour away. And watched him do the workout. You know, it almost seems like Colin Kaepernick doesn't actually want to play football. Doesn't it kind of I seem like it? No, it's When you shocking. have Stephen Smith saying that, oh, yeah. Stephen, Stephen A. Smith, Smith, who's been a huge advocate of, of Kaepernick, and even he turned on him and said, look, the guy doesn't want a job. Obviously, he doesn't he want a job. He doesn't want a job in the NFL. He doesn't want to play football. No. And I mean, that's fine, but stop acting like you do. Yeah. It's, it's annoying. It is. Um, but I guess it's part, it's hard to, it's, it's sort of an undercurrent of every story about him Mm -hmm. and it's a way to stay in the media like for example when you say like if hillary clinton comes out and every time she's asked about becoming president uh, and running for president she says there is zero percent chance i will ever run for president i don't want to do it i'm not going to do it no instead she says well you know i i guess i'd never say never but you know look we need we have a good field of candidates and i'm sure that's going to be she she gives you that sort of brush off and leaves the possibility open why so she can get on every show and they can all ask her again and then she can Mm -hmm. sell more books or whatever i don't think she's actually i mean i think she would love to be president and love to run again Mm -hmm. but i think she also realizes that the party despises her for losing to trump sure uh, and she's barring some weird miracle uh in her behalf she's not going to be running um but you keep the door open. Same thing with Kaepernick. Yeah. Right? Like, he can talk about all of it. No one cares about all of his, his you know, his other crap. They want to know if he's going to come back and play football, and that's the story. So he constantly acts as if he does, yeah. despite the fact that he doesn't, and despite the fact that he shouldn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. Obviously, he's too big of a distraction for any team that would come in there for the role that he would play, which is minimal. I mean, maybe he'd be a third stringer. Maybe he'd, maybe he'd be a backup on a bad team. But he's not mm-hmm. a good quarterback. I remind you. He had one good, one decent year. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I, the you Super could Bowl say, year, you could say, was a pretty good year for Largely him. because they ran an offense that people hadn't <clears throat> seen. They, that offensive line is the highest rated offensive line since they started measuring it. Oh, wow. That's how good that team was. And the defense mm-hmm. was incredible. I mean, yeah. And, and then they tried to throw it the next year, and it was a disaster when he, they actually put any of the weight on him. Um, two things that Colin Kaepernick supporters never will answer for you, though. Uh, number one. If it was this is about kneeling and op- opposing the man, why did he lose his job to Blaine Gabbert before he started kneeling? <laughs> he lost his job to Blaine Gabbert before he started kneeling. That might be the biggest indictment against <laughs> yeah, him like, in the history of indictments. Come on. Blaine Gabbard. And number two, uh, he, the guy who knelt with him on day one is Eric Reed, who I saw playing for the Carolina yeah, still Panthers, in the league. Panthers this week. Mm-hmm. He still has a job. All yeah. these other guys that supported him all have jobs. It's just him because A, he has shows no desire to actually want to play, and B, didn't show much ability to play when he was playing. Yes. That's the problem. Can we please tell Colin Kaepernick now to shut up? You're listening to Glenn Beck.